Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There we go. So, take two. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hello, dum dum It's Mary in Toronto. I'm not contrary on Twitter. And I'm calling to wish you happy wood anniversary, the fifth anniversary. <laughs> I remember early Dumpty Dums, so coming up to the fifth anniversary of my father's death, he died on April the 17th, 2014, Um, and then I was in the UK, um, jet-lagged and overcome with grief for a few weeks after that, Um, and I remember lying in my old childhood bedroom um, in the small hours listening to Dumpty Dum. I can't remember how I found it, I think on Twitter, and uh, it just really brought some silliness and, and, and fun into a difficult time for me. Um, one of, I think I listened to the first few episodes you know, in, a, in a binge altogether, and definitely one of them was the uh, fallout from Kirstie and Tom's uh, wedding that didn't happen. And uh, Google tells me that was on the 24th of April. So I guess you were yeah, recording in that kind of mid to late April period, um, of course, Royfield's great remix of Kirstie's agonizing scream. And uh, just the, the silliness and fun uh, was, I really appreciated that. And then I think I said this before on the podcast that my first call to Dum was on the morning of my father's funeral, which was at the end of April. Um, so, again, thank you so much and for building a great community. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet several Dum Dummers. Um, over the last five years and it's been fantastic and, and made some friendships formed some friendships so thank you very much
these folks is Dumpty Dum the show about the reality docudrama that has centered an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the transcendent spirit that is Roy Field Brown and we met the hypocritical humbug that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the christening showdown folks is you. Now this week's Dumpty Dum came from the academic archers. Now Lucy, if yes. I got tweeted whatsapped and emailed that once i had it whatsapped emailed tweeted to me <laughs> three times so thank you mia cat brown nicola headlam et al everybody that sent me that uh but didn't have worn my cockles didn't have worn my cockles have you seen the video uh no not yet i've, I've yep. liked it on twitter i haven't had a chance to look at it yet there are two women furiously conducting, waving their arms, and a whole load of happy <laughs> archers fans uh, bearing right, right at the end. Uh, and on the overhead projector is a Dumby Dum mug with our logo. So we, 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 we were there, Lucy. We were there. Uh, so thank you for that, academic archers people. And that's a bit of a tradition now, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an annual are event. Are you there, Lucy? I am. What I am. Are you I doing? am. Um, sorry. Um, I need you are... to bring your A game to Dumpty Dum this week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of us are having having got on entirely perfectly well without me for hours. They've all now decided to message me all at once and ask me things about, you know, uh, who, dinner who, who, and um, who is the, you know, oh, the family. Oh, they the children. Okay. Yes, everybody. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, you know, they say a mother's life is never done, is it, Lucy? No. Yes. Mm. But dare I say, it's one of the charms of this podcast, because people like your domestic interruptions. God knows why. I don't. Well, it makes people <laughs> I find feel them like they're... annoying. Well, it makes people feel like they're listening, you know, in on two old muckers chatting about stuff, but it's still part of life, you know, with not some slick operation uh, with producers running around, you know, uh, on, on whatever. It's a ragtag Not bobtail. even our greatest fans could call us slick, Royfield. <laughs> True that. But I think <laughs> people like the kind of, you know, as a ragtag bobtail back in a sticky back plastic uh you know yes yeah feeling of this podcast so it's, it's a clockwork te- podcast isn't it really absolutely well why don't you tell your kids us to wander in well you know what you should do you should actually do one episode whilst you're actually cooking right so they get the sizzle of, of the oh, you know the fat fryer going and mom oh you're not cooking that again are you <laughs> anyway <laughs> i digress right lucy uh because we do have a tip-top show uh, to get through this week. Yes. And also, we have uh, the reappearance of something. Any idea what, what it's going to be? No. Mm, well, I'll leave you to go, when, when it comes on. Oh, it's uh, not but, Map Corner. No, it can't be Map Corner. Well, no. It's not that. Anyway, um, just go, when you hear it. Uh, right. Now, Lucy, because uh, yes. I'm, I'm wittering and I really shouldn't because uh, callers galore, as always. So it's the time of the show when I say, Lucy, if any of our callers would like to send us in a dum-de-dum to rival that of the academic archers, how can it be done? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Chambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the Lone in the Back Bedroom, where we record um, 
Derek enjoyed a flutter with Auntie Cardboard on the Grand National and just got a nose up behind in the final five minutes. Loose, <laughs> you know mm. what? You are utterly filthy, you know. I don't know what you mean. I'm just talking about the... Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, uh, well done. But there's a reason why my mum can't listen uh, to your little, little <laughs> gags at the start of this Sorry, podcast. Sorry, mum. <laughs> She's a good Christian woman, my mother. <laughs> right. Uh, <coughs> now, uh, quick news, folks. Toronto Meetup News, which is happening this Saturday, April the 13th. If you'd like to attend, email Christina, a.k.a. Sally, at Satin Express on the Twitters or... Possibly even better than that. Um, I said email. That was tweet. That should have been uh, at Saturn Express. Or then email her at Pink Peonies, and that Peonies is spelled P-E-O-N-I-E-S two zero one three. So Pink Peonies two zero one three at gmail.com for details. But there are loads of people coming now. Dum de dum live is happening on Sat. Oh, that's in red. Go. Dum de dum live is on Saturday the eleventh of May. Saturday night. 7.30pm. You're only missing Anton Deck. Anyone can miss that. It's fine. It's 12 quid. Who could resist a night out with the Archers? Emma Grundy, parish councillor and Grundy wife extraordinaire. Emma, played by Emerald O'Hanrahan. Rapidly becoming a listener favourite. We also may have another cast member who we are going to have confirmed later on in the week. So as soon as we have it confirmed... Or not. Well, if we don't have it confirmed, you won't hear anything else about it. If they confirm, (laughs) I will tell you. Um, And BBC Tour, 15 quid. That's sold out. Oh, I've read that and it was in black. Sorry. But anyway, the Dumpty Dum Live is £12. It's at Birmingham Town Hall. And please, please, please come along. It will be great fun. Yes, it will be um, utterly wonderful fun. Um, as our Lucy has said, the BBC tour, so the you know, the bit where you could have gone round and seen where they do the archers and how it's all recorded and whatever, gone, sold out. So don't even bother emailing me saying, dude, I'm trying to book this. The website's not working. You're too late, mush. End of. Right. We're in hot demand. This whole dum-de-dum day is what people want to be part of. And you snoozed and you bluesed. That's what it is. So on this week's episode, we have views from Brian, Vicky, Witherspoon, Maid, Marion, Glynn, Joshua, James, Quilted Bunny, and Isabel. But first, before all that good stuff, top of the shop is our juicy Lucy Freeman and her week in Ambridge. Ben is going through that awkward teenage Jacques Kerouac phase of being the only one who like tells the truth because you're all like so hypocritical and only I can see through the bourgeois sham of like being nice to people. Um, There was a bit of an awkward Mother's Day tea with Leonard, Leonard Exposition to give him his full name, as he is forever being used as an opportunity. Would you like some more cake, Leonard? Pass the sugar to Leonard, please, Lily, twin brother of drug-dealing Freddie and currently going out with her ex-lecturer. We met Jakob. He is half Swedish, but 100% humorless pedant. I don't eat cake. I don't do small talk. Let's hope he does group sex, or what's the point of him? Obviously, he is self-righteous and boring, so Shula was all over him like a rash. Uh, hey. Ja- <laughs> <laughs> Jaffa <Sorry>. Rotate... <laughs> 
Jazza rotated the pigs the wrong way. To be fair to him, it's really hard to get them to point in the right direction and stay that way. It's much easier to rotate them when they're on a rotisserie, but they do get a bit shirty if you try that before they're dead. Will is hunting down a mass tutor for Mia. He had a chat with Russ about it, but dismissed him as a pinko Nancy boy as soon as he found out Russ taught art. Art? However, Ruri stepped in, which I think is a hugely unwise move. If I was tutoring Mia, I'd be terrified of Will. He's like a mafia boss. I imagine him permanently holding a 12-bore shotgun in the shop, in the pub, in the shower, everywhere. What do you mean a grade seven? My daughter needs a grade nine. Hyper Helen was delighted the delivery had arrived for her. (laughs) By the sound of it, it sounded like a cheese mite and a pisser. It can't have been, but I listened twice and I could swear that's what she said. It was Bridge Farm, so it could frankly have been bloody anything. The Montbelly aches are about to carve, so the entire Bridge Farm family was a trifle twitchy. The cows have been grouchy for weeks, crying for no reason, complaining about backache and repainting the barn. They've also had Johnny out at 3am scouring the countryside for prawn cocktail flavour knickknacks. He was exhausted before they even started carving. We then had a bit of gratuitous James Herriotness, Darabee 385, with Johnny up to his armpits <laughs> in a cow's fanny. Our uterus is brilliant! <laughs> Can, I- <laughs> Can I have a go? shouted Tony. That poor cow, honestly. Mon Dieu, just to buy a ticket, why don't you? Toby's inherent laziness apparently <coughs> extends to his creativity. He was sitting on his arse watching Paw Patrol while Rosie was asleep, and the idea came to him. Milk gin. Oh my goodness, where could he have got that idea from? Milk gin sounds frankly appalling, but I suppose we should be grateful that it wasn't minced nappies. Kent and I have had an amazing idea for one of Wayne's special sandwiches. Tom <coughs> is still <coughs> worrying about Natasha the walking overdraft. I think the problem is the difference in their upbringings. Natasha was raised by Alison Steadman from Gavin and Stacey, and Tom was raised in the Amish community. He had a chat with Roy about it. The thing is, Roy, she spends all this money on shoes. At Bridge Farm, if we wanted some new shoes, we had a family meeting about it. Then we drew up a business plan and decided whether or not the shoes fitted into the Bridge Farm branding ethos. Then we bought some cows. Then we sent them back. Then we had a massive row. And then we decided to make the shoes ourselves. And then two months later, we bought a field instead. That's why I have no friends. I have always worn fields instead of shoes. Jimmis did one of the greatest takedowns on the archers ever. Actually, one of the greatest takedowns in the history of takedowns. Shula Hebden Lloyd, the woman that put the hippo into hypocrisy. Toby caused <laughs> huge amusement by not being able to recognise a bailer. Considering how often he bails on things, you'd think it would be one more, the one thing on the farm he could identify. And then we had Ed's inexorable slide into double dealing in the hands of Tim O'Tay. So I have to do drive-in at night? Okay, just deliveries, is it? Oh, that sounds fine, Tim. Why do I have to wear Emma's tights over my face, though? I mean, I don't mind. I'm just wondering. Then Emma got dumped in the slurry by Peggy Woolley, who has hilariously got Kate to clean the lodge. Senility storyline ahoy. And so begins the class war civil unrest campaign orchestrated by disgruntled Ed and Emma until they get their own home when they'll be far too busy choosing bourgeois curtain material to worry about it. Hypocrisy, indeed. The end. Oh, well done, you. That was so much better than last week, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know that always consistently rip-roaringly funny. So well done you. How long did you spend on this one? Was this like, you know, another five minutes before we called? Or did you... This You're not right, are you? No. Oh, dear. Nearly. Much better. You don't sound nearly right at all. 
<sighs> well, I haven't had to stop and be sick, so there's a, there's a, it's definitely improvement. <laughs> Were you sick last week when we recorded? Uh, no, afterwards, but not before. Good heavens. Right then, uh, on that note, I feel, right, we should try and get through this podcast yes. as soon as possible so you can, you can rest up, rest that chest of yours. Yes. I quite like your chest, you know. <laughs> right, Fields. I do. <laughs> I, you know, whenever I think about it, it puts a little warm smile across my face. Just that little picture you sent. Anyway. <laughs> but... <laughs> can you clarify that, please? Well, I don't uh, well, the, the picture well, we was little, but the, but the chest isn't. No, but anyway. <laughs> Stop it. You're a, healthy, you, you're a healthy woman. That's all I'm saying, Lucy. I am a healthy Even woman. if you don't yes. sound healthy right now. No. Anyway, I, I don't know why I'm digressing to talking about your chest. Either. When we've got a gabillion amount of excellent calls to get through this week, because it's been a corker of a week on the archers has it not so i'm feeling because i'm furiously pressing buttons here and i've just found where all the callers (laughs) are right okay here we go so it's time when i do lucy please all right hello ambridge 3962 right it first off it's our josh Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all of you Dumpty Dumbers worldwide. Uh, This is Josh from Philadelphia. Uh, Again, I'm calling in to say, first, Lucy, I hope you're feeling better after your cough from last week. I know it's going around (laughs) here as well. I also wanted to say I got a little bit of a giggle out of you thinking that my Tom Archer sounded like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Uh, (laughs) Going back and listening to that, I can definitely hear it. So... My prediction slash observation this week goes back to Tom and Natasha uh, as well. I was really starting to like Natasha. I thought that maybe she'd be kind of the rational guardian angel on Tom's shoulder. Unfortunately, I prescribe to the theories that many people have that she's essentially pulling him into a financial trap and it is going to fail. They're way over their heads with this app thing. And I, however, am going to take it to the point where I think this is going to eventually destroy their marriage. I Love. think this is going to turn into Tom being divorced with half of a massive debt. It's going to cause a family rift, especially between him and Helen, as mm. he tries to get a bailout from Pat and Tony for the massive debt that he's put himself into. And all of this will be after he essentially cut out his own family from a scheme that he thought was going to be a cash cow. Uh, between that and the agroforestry, which I don't think is going anywhere, uh, it's it's all doomed to fail. Tom's going to essentially <laughs> turn Bridge Farm into what I like to call a shit show. Anyway, uh, Lucy Royfield, thank you for all you do in this amazing community. And a shout out to all who are going to the Dumpty Dum Meetup in Toronto. I will see you there this weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Josh. Hmm. <sighs> Uh, any thoughts and feelings, Freeman? Uh, I like that idea. I like the idea of a massive family rift between Tom and Helen. I can see that, yes. I'm trying to think beforehand, we must have had little riffets between them because Tom was such an arse like 10 years ago or so, wasn't he? But I can't specifically <clears throat> remember them going, right, I'm not speaking to the other, etc. I don't remember No, that. it was just, as always with them, it's jockeying for approval from the parents. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
uh, an excellent way of, of, of saying that and framing it. Uh, now, Josh, uh, thank you for that. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, sir. Um, now, let's have a little bit of uh, Jilly. Hello, Dante Dum. Oh, here calling you on <laughs> Friday, Lynn, but before the <laughs> Friday episode. This week, um, I, I think that the episode's been written by uh, Kerry, Uncle Kerry Davis. Um, I'm wondering whether he's actually been binging on Bergman films. That's the director, not the actress, because he's given us some really quite surreal scenes this week. Um, we've had the one with the first one, first meeting between uh, Jacob and Alistair. Yeah. And then we had Will and Rory in the shop with mm. Susan not present. Yeah. And then Russ and Lily and sorry, Russ and Elizabeth discussing um, art projects and getting onto the stations of the cross. And it's all been, you know, there's been three of the strangest scenes I think I've ever heard. Yeah. In, heard in the arches. So I hope Uncle Kerry is actually all right. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, of course, there was also quite a lot on Sunday sort of indicating Freddie as the prodigal son, referencing yeah. that story in the Bible. And um, funnily enough, on Sunday, I was in church and it was part of the, it was one of the readings where I was. Ah. And the priest pointed out that one of the key aspects is that the prodigal son himself comes to his senses and, he's, and when he returns home, he's actually uh, with great humility and willing to work for his father. Um, not sure. I'm seeing a huge amount of signs from Freddie at the Freddie at the moment. Um, so how prodigal he is, not sure. Finally, thanks to the Dumpty Dummers who contributed to um, my daughter's appeal. That's much appreciated. And I, everyone, uh, thanks for the podcast and a great week to everyone in Dumpty Dumland. Bye. Bye. Oh. It got cut off just at the end there, Glenn. Um, yes, prodigal sons, biblical allegories, go. Well, I was, as, as we said last week, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think a lot of us were hoping that Freddie was going to come back nicer, more humble, more... Um, I mean, I suppose he's fine, he's okay, and he can't help disliking Russ as much as he does. I mean, we all, you know, dislike Russ. But it's sort of, um, he doesn't seem to have any air of contrition. He seems to be sorry for uh, upsetting Elizabeth. But he's quite sad that the high point of his week is to be able to, allow, to, go, to, bowling, to go bowling with his mother. And then to go, ooh, and the fun didn't stop that we had pizza. You know, he's not seven. Mm. Um, it, it was just, I'm not quite sure. We're not having any glimpse yet of where he is mentally after after his release. Well, the, there was a tiny little window which goes to contradict, a window into his psyche which goes to slightly contradict the other prevailing evidence, which is the fact that he wasn't exactly fulsome with his descriptions of, having porridge with old Ben, was he? He did actually go quiet. And Lily having a go at him about the fact that Elizabeth went bowling wasn't Freddie's fault. Freddie didn't actually know. No. You know, Freddie didn't yeah. know. And <clears throat> she had a she had a real go at him saying, you know, this is really important. This yeah. was this was all on Elizabeth. So 
Um, but then watch it. What the real thing that Lily said was sort of halfway through the conversation when she said, you've got no idea what it's been like here. You're not the only one that's mm. that suffered, you know, and, and they always say when someone goes to prison and especially a young person, it's, it's not just them that goes, it's their family. It's their, you know, it's everybody's life goes on hold for that time. Mm. And he is, you know, breezily, hello trees, hello sky, wandering up and down Lakey Hill and saying, oh, isn't it all marvellous? Now I'm out. And <clears throat> there's no genuine sense that he does. She's right. There's no genuine sense that he does have any inkling. No, you know. The, how the, she's been having to cope. Oh, uh, no, that, 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 <coughs> is, that, is, that is true. That is true. And from also from Elizabeth's perspective, she has had a slight reality check with Freddie being back that she thought it was going to almost mm. lift her straight out of her depression. But yeah. she did admit that it hasn't been kind of like the miracle that she kind of hoped for. So maybe she'll have some kind of double relapse. Mm. But in terms of Freddie having some measure of insight as to, you know, what he's done, he, there was another tiny little glimpse with the whole stable scene where he did say about what, what's the name Francesca or the, like there's some Francesca yeah yeah there was some hottie wasn't there yeah and he's like he said, why would you Shula. be interested in me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm some ex-con so yeah mm, so there are little glimpses of a a more insightful potentially contrite Freddie but yes he's been a proper hooray Henry at the moment and yeah. uh yeah and he seems And also, like... wasn't it slightly peculiar at that Mother's Day lunch mm. organised by Jill that she wasn't in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was... I'm going to talk about Sunday's episode, Sunday Just Gone, which isn't in our remit. Uh, but just to say that I thought that episode was really odd because there were two characters, Robin Fairbrother being one of them, which were men mentioned all the way through and weren't on mic. It was yeah. very odd, very odd. So yeah. they, they do make a bit of a habit of this. And, yeah, peculiar yeah. in the extreme. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Glyn, <clears throat> about that scene in the shop. It was bizarre. Susan would never miss the opportunity to be out in the shop with the people because the only reason Susan Susan doesn't like running the shop because – she likes retail. She likes running the shop because she likes, um, as she calls it, you know, community hub of the village. She loves being in the middle of everything and knowing what's happening and mm. tracking the gossip through who comes in and out and who buys what and who says what to who. And three young men, one of whom she doesn't know very well, all in the village shop at once. There's no way she'd be lurking out in the stockroom, not, you know, she's never done that. She never would do that. And um, them th those three just sort of standing there, shifting from foot to foot, occasionally shouting, Susan! You know, it's just nuts. It was a really weird scene. I agree, Glyn. Very strange. Mm. Tiny little thing. On that um, stable scene, um, Freddie actually called Shula, Shula. Freddie never does and wouldn't. It's always be, would be Auntie, Auntie Shula. Shula. Yeah. yeah. I, like, yeah. I know it's had a couple of times and I thought, hmm. But anyway, mm. moving swiftly on, Mr. Full of Love, I think we've uh, fully answered uh, the points that you raised and they were tip-top as always, sir. Uh, now it's uh, our Marion and she's a maid. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Maid Marion here. Um, I think I forgot the last couple of times I called in that I am 
at MazSingsUK on the Twitters. I'm just calling to say that I am totally team christening, mostly because <laughs> I actually <laughs> tweeted about this last year and said I thought it would be hilarious if Jill found out about Rosie Ruth Grace at the christening and started hurling flapjacks. So um, I'm really hoping that's going to happen on Sunday. Um, I also wanted to say I was really, really frustrated with this search for an extra godfather because you don't need one. Um, if you Google it, it's quite easy to find. The Church of England recommends three or four godparents, but at least three to the same sex as the baby or child and one of the opposite sex. Rosie is a girl. She only needs one godfather, so Rex would oh, have one. Fine. Me either. Um, anyway, that annoyed me. I do think the whole issue about whether they're religious or not religious is quite a thorny issue. Um, I know we agonised a lot about getting our daughter and our son christened and making sure that the godparents that we asked were religious and we weren't asking them to swear to something that they didn't believe in. Mm. But I do also think um, that it is um, a lovely thing to do. And I know the Church of England welcomes anyone to be christened and they are relatively non-discriminatory on that, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, it's a tricky one. Anyway, team christening, just to prove my plot prediction right, please. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Marion. <coughs> uh, so we've talked about um, people who aren't Christians being mm. uh, being godparents and actually christening kids, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to move, move on from that. Um, I can't remember... Lucy, in mm-hmm. your monologue, um, you, I'm going to, I'm going to back up, right? So stuff happened on the Archers last week. We got this christening, mm-hmm. but what was your favourite bit of Archersdom last week? Um, I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a I'm near tell week, you. to be no, honest. No, 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 no. You're so wrong. Was it You're not? So Lucy, oh, Lucy. J- uh, J- Jacob. I found, I found y- Jacob's just <laughs> Refusal to engage with Ambridge, hilarious. Well, particularly Alistair. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, he has a little thing for uh, Shula and a church organ, very obviously, because he <laughs> did that. He did he slightly warm up to that idea, didn't he? He did, yeah. He did, did old Jacob, right? But I've got to say, Lucy, I had a holy shit moment with that gym hair down at Shula. Oh, God. Yes, I did mention that in the monologue. I, and yes, that was genius. I was driving along, right, listening to the podcast, right, <coughs> minding my own business. I laughed out loud, pulled over <laughs> and saluted. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh, my God. Right. What a tear down. What an utter teardown. It really was. And it, uh, that was like, so one minute, one minute. I have to do one of these. You know, I, I give these out very sparingly. I was like, wow. Right. Especially the way it ended when he said, do you know what you are, Shula? And then and then the scene changed and I was going, what? What, what is she? What is she? And then, thankfully we came back to it, but I was. I was... And I loved it as well when <coughs> when Alistair didn't rescue her. He didn't say, right, dad can't talk to you like that. I'm going to have a go at him. He just said, well, <laughs> he's got a point, <laughs> which I thought was just great. <laughs> no, absolutely. And the fact, because remember last week I said Shula's got no mates. You know, mm. Caroline's, you know, gone, God bless her. 
her her one true best friend confidant has gone she only confides in the church now uh by the vicar she's tried to do her art that was crap She's admitted that um, being divorced has not given her the freedom, the sense of excitement that, that that she thought it was going to. You know, she, whatever is going on, it's her own psyche that which she, she's the prisoner of, right? It wasn't Alistair, yeah. okay? Dan's not about, right? I wonder if she isn't going to have a massive uh, crisis. You know, she's got out of this marriage and she's realized that actually she is alone and Mm. the fact that she as you said then she went to Alistair to say Alistair that was really horrible why go to Alistair you just divorced the guy I know I know yeah you she's got absolutely nobody and I was thinking yesterday as I do quite frequently about the archers sometimes I'm like hmm Let's think about the archers now. I flip between Marvel superheroes, thinking about the archers, bit of football, bit of politics. Those are the only things that kind of go through my mind, Lucy. And I went on to the archers yesterday. And I realised as I was parking the car yesterday, I really like Shula. I like Shula. I love the character of Shula. Don't like her as a person, but as a character, tremendous there is so much going on there, you know, still waters run deep and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And I want her to have a monumental breakdown of which <laughs> Alistair and, um, and, and the, you know, the Rev will be there to, to witness it because I think that's what we've been set up for. I really do. There's a tiny bit of foreshadowing potentially on this week's archers and i'm like what is going on here and if that happens i'm all up for that ride i'm telling you i'm like i want to be part of it i want to watch it i'll get popcorn you know to, to see all the you know the car crash that if shula hebden lloyd happen in our ears <laughs> <laughs> i love the way you say i love her and then you say I cannot wait for her to have a colossal <laughs> breakdown. What's wrong with us? We're horrible. <laughs> well, no, we, we want to be entertained by this drama. We're, we've been invested in this thing for years, most of us, <laughs> decades. Right. And she's had it coming. She's had it coming. Right. And, and now that she's, uh, in effect, released Alistair, or at least the scriptwriters have, we, we, we're looking at him going... Alistair always was a nice guy. He he had his gambling thing. Uh, He had his trouble with addiction, with gambling. He tried to redeem himself afterwards by mentoring um, other addicts, etc. But there never was any Alistair, was there? There was never enough for you to get your teeth into. Now we're seeing this fully rounded, nice bloke. Yeah. 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 We are. And we're just going, Alistair's a nice guy. Right. And, you know, and and she, her one kind of confidant support, she's cut him loose. And what is she doing? Tending graves in the church. That's all she's got. Yeah. Nervous breakdown. She's tried doing, doing, doing drawing. Yeah. And that was crap. That hasn't worked. It's rubbish at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll call it here first. Massive nervous breakdown. 
conscious, uh, <laughs> crisis of faith and conscience and whatever. Uh, and as I said, there was a tiny bit of foreshadowing. I was like, I'm loving where this is going. Anyway, <laughs> this show is not about me and my musings. So now it's Brian. <coughs> Hello, Lucy and Reinfeld. It's Brian Buggy Swires. Um, I'm ringing because I feel I've been moved to do something I've never thought I would do and defend Shula a bit. Oh, stop um, it. Ooh. <laughs> Bad timing. Jim, again, opposite of what I normally do. I think Shula does try. It's not that um, I think Jim was, much as I enjoyed um, Jim's takedown of Shula, I think hypocrisy was one that's difficult to stick on her, really, because she does try. She does try her best to be a good Christian, um, but I think don't think she's any more hypocritical about it than any other member of the public, or certainly member of the uh, village. Um, and Jim's, I'm thinking, he's wise defending Alistair. He's not. Um, there's always been lots in the past where. There's been hints that Jim was hasn't always defended Alistair in the past, and when he's brought, brought him up, he was a bit of a absent yeah. parent. So, um, yeah, I've, I think it was a bit bit hard on Shula there. Um, again, pains me to say this; it really does. But there we go. Um, <laughs> um, other things. I think Jacob, 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 um, <laughs> when he turned up, to, was probably quite surprised to see Alistair was still there and expecting to do things. I think he was there to show Alistair how to use a coffee machine and um, quietly go away. Um, that's the impression I got. That's why Jacob didn't want to talk to him. Uh, oh, all right. Cut off in his prime. <coughs> um, uh, <coughs> I. Okay, oh whilst you're Sorry. having a coughing fit, right, I'll resume running this podcast, shall I? Because you're obviously not, not fit to Freeman. <sighs> right, now, you're wrong, last caller, about uh, saying that it's wrong to say that Shula's a hypocrite. Shula has... Shula prefaces many of her positions by a moralistic stance, if you remember Freddie getting uh, arrested, um, she took, she said, he's my nephew, but he's done wrong. He's going to have to do some time. She didn't say it as bluntly as that, but that's basically what she said. She took great offence to Alan and Usher because of Usher's religion. I could <clears throat> go on. I could go on, right? She had a crisis in her marriage. Many people do. People have, you know, relationships go up and down and roundabouts. Considering that she confides in Alan about faith, it's kind of somewhat unbelievable, but she did it, that she didn't turn to the vicar and say, I'm unhappy. You know, what does scripture tell tell me about this, Rev, etc., etc.? Yeah. She didn't. She She trots along to church every Sunday, Right. But when she had the time when she needed solace, guidance, etc., she didn't get it from the one place she professes to, to take great warmth, 
direction strength from the church so it's totally because she knew that they'd tell her to stay with him well there you go hypocrite right Mm. she decided to get married in church and to take those vows and i honestly can't remember her marriage to to alistair i can't remember it obviously i was listening but I, i don't remember but i'm guessing shula being shula she would have taken those vows very seriously you know, mm. again, foreshadowing um, Sunday's episode, which we aren't really supposed to talk about because it's for next week's Dumpty Dum. But she takes great... The fact that she's giving a reading meant a lot to her. So she can't yeah. have it both ways. She's a hypocrite. That's what she is. She needs to wear that hat. And I'm looking for... I think she's going to be a vicar. I think she's going to be a Mrs. Vicar. Hmm. I think she's going to decide that's the thing that's missing. You know what? You you, and, you, you could well be right. That in effect, she's going her, to become a, a bride of Christ. I think in effect... Oh, you could, steady on. Bride of no, Christ. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm exaggerating somewhat. But I think that's how... Loose, I need to no, talk. This, shut up. This oh is how she's going to redeem herself by thinking, because of what Jim has said. She's going to think, you're right, I am a hypocrite. If I expect people to live by this moral code, and if I expect myself to live by this moral code, then I need to, I need to, to do the whole thing and become a vicar. Yes. But whilst I think that would be um, a plausible outcome, we can't have her just, just walk from point A where she is now, recently divorced, to point B, which is I'm wearing a dog collar. She needs to go through some shit, right? Because this is a drama, right? So she needs yeah. to have a cri- a big crisis and whatever, and then she hauls herself out of it, and all of a so sudden... So we're both right. Yeah. <clears throat> she but... has your nervous breakdown, and then she becomes the vicar I think she should be. Well, it's not my nervous breakdown. She has a nervous breakdown. All right, you have your own. Let her have <laughs> Exactly. I'll have my own, but I want her to be much more spectacular. Right, now, <laughs> um, now it's... Uh, Maybe a blast from the past, Arlis. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. <laughs> Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I've been MIA the last couple of weeks, very busy with planning my college 40th reunion. Three years in the making, four days, 700 people many events, major bands, a parade, and coordinating with lots of other reunions, representing over 20,000 attendees. I feel like Linda on steroids. It's seven weeks away, so I'll do my best between now and then to stay on top of the archers and dumpty dum. Today, I want to talk about Alistair. First, the trend in medical economics is for bigger and bigger groups to gobble up small practices. The advantage is that the individual practitioner gets a chunk of money, is freed up from administrative tasks, and is guaranteed a good salary. However, every practitioner who sells their practice does it with their eyes wide open. You become an employee, and the pressure to meet productivity numbers is immense. You also do have the responsibility for publicizing services of your practice. For Alistair to be surprised about this was unrealistic. The stress on medical professionals is great, and I've treated a few physicians for anxiety and depression after they joined large groups. Second, Alistair has a new co-worker, Jakob. 
Certainly the practice would have arranged for Alistair meet, to meet Jakob before Jakob actually started. There was also chatter on social media about whether Jakob has some degree of autism. The scriptwriters certainly yeah. were heavy-handed about it, <clears throat> as Jakob had very, very little ability to maintain a conversation. I thought more relevant to the diagnosis was his confusion when Johnny called to talk with Alistair and when he related his conversation with Susan. He appears to be unable to read emotions, which is one of the key features of autism. I don't know how long he'll last on the show if he never wants to talk with anyone, but maybe he'll be Ambridge's <laughs> answer to Doc Martin. Time is running short. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you for that with a spoon. Um, yeah. There was a whole load of chatter online uh, and it was National Autism Awareness Week last week. And ah. somebody did say to Uncle God Kerry um, on Vada's socials, on the Twitters, dude, um, is that the reason why you've introduced him on this week? And he said, Kerry said, no, I've just written him that way. Right. Mm. But the but yes, the the line about Johnny, about him not understanding the reason why Johnny called. Um, I think was uh, was actually a very good one. Well observed, sir. Well observed. Yep. Um, and it was nice to have the theme music back. Anyway, yes. um, right now, uh, let's do this. Evening, it's uh, Quilted Bunny here um, with a bit of info about Hazel Woolley. Um, Hazel's mother was uh, Valerie and her father was Valerie's first husband, uh, Reggie Trenton. When Reggie died, uh, Valerie married uh, Jack Woolley, although the, uh, the enthusiasm was really on uh, Jack's side. I think Valerie had more than one affair and finally drank herself to death. Indeed. And uh, uh, Jack's uh, devotion to Hazel was basically a carryover of his devotion to her mother. The only uh, thing I really remember about a young Hazel is her turning up at uh, Grey Gables and uh, causing havoc and pouring vodka in the uh, fish tank or pond and killing <laughs> all of Jack's prize carp. Oh. I think that was a bit with the help of a young Nigel. Uh, as far as the film thing is concerned, I think when uh, Jack was uh, uh, became ill, Peggy tried to contact her, had a bit of difficulty, and finally, through some sort of business address, uh, uh, tracked down her company um, in, a, in a, a sleazy building in Soho, which was shared with this... Uh, adult film company and when oh. uh, they finally met up I think uh, Peggy uh, mentioned this and uh, Hazel's reaction was sufficient to uh, make you suspect that she might have something to do with the aforesaid uh, adult film company. So um, that's my memory of the thing. Others might uh, be able to fill in other stuff. Uh, okay, uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Mr. Bye. Bunny. Mm. And now he mentions it, I do vaguely remember um, Peggy trying to track her down. And there was this kind of business address. You know, I kind of do vaguely remember that. 
but but thank you for filling us in on on hazel woolly uh pre-dapt though uh mr bunny yes <coughs> while we're at it mm-hmm. um uh we asked cosmo mm-hmm. to i sounded like esther anson and that's like we asked the gas board and they said <laughs> we asked cosmo um <clears throat> to uh give us the lowdown on this ridiculous bridge farm loan malarkey mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it's a real thing and in true cosmo fashion he was extremely thorough i will um uh praise it to the effect that this is what cosmo has said mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> repayment will be the business plan and the bank will want full costings of development signed agreements from bridge farm to use the app <clears throat> a serious market study of the competition and evidence that other farm outlets will sign up the royalty arrangements. None of that exists as far as we know. Even Bridge Farm was not committed given recent discussions. Finally, if it's a new company, it has no assets and cannot offer any security. Neither Tom or Natasha have any assets, houses, unfettered cars or other businesses, which could be used as security. Tom might use his partnership at Bridge Farm, but that requires approval of the other partners. I doubt there is any great value in Natasha's juice business and she has other backers, I think. In summary, the only lender likely to lend this pair money is a loan shark, and they definitely said bank. But I do not believe any bank would take the risks inherent in this proposal. So there. Goodness. Thumbs down from. Cosmo, and he knows this stuff, Cosmo. doesn't he? He does know his stuff. Yeah. You know, on the Archers, they've got an agricultural yeah. editor. Do you think they need a financial yeah. editor? Because there's a whole... I think they just need a life editor. It's <laughs> <laughs> going, that wouldn't happen. But anyway, <clears throat> a realness editor. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, now uh, we go uh, to one of my favourite callers. And I'm unashamed by saying that. It's my lovely Vicky Colt. Hi everyone, Vicky Cole here. I'm going to record this quickly before we get the next power cut. We're having a lot of power cuts at the moment because there hasn't been enough rain. Um, hope everybody is well. Lucy, I hope you're feeling better. And thank you very much indeed for doing the show, even when you're not feeling 100%. Really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> which reminds me, we haven't heard from Robert lately. Is he okay? Um, I don't know if that was explained that he yes, was having he a break and I missed it. But anyway, Robert, I hope you're all right. Um really gutted I can't join you in May it was just so absolutely brilliant the last one, I I really enjoyed it go if you can, it was brilliant Um, a couple of things to say about the archers, first thing is Freddie has not exactly been chastened by his prison experience has he? Mm. and secondly this wretched christening my goodness me, they're getting their knickers in a twist aren't they? I mean how weird to even contemplate having a godparent that Pip had never met, I think that's really strange um, and then this name business, well, something's going to happen unless it's a red herring because they ha- had that sort of cliffhanger. Well, everything's going to be all right on Friday, didn't they? Um, does Robin know about the name Grace? I, I think he does. Um, and Toby never told Jill, did he? So I predict that Robin will let it out to Jill before the ceremony. And uh, then what? Do we think Jill's going to have a stroke or a heart attack? It's all. <laughs> anyway, that's it really love to everyone bye bye uh, bye bye uh vicky um <clears throat> sorry about clearing my throat there uh listener uh loose uh let, let's quickly run through uh, a couple of other things before uh, i don't know if you've got any emails or anything you, you want to go through but um i was mightily touched by the whole mia and ruwari i thought that was um s- somewhat sweet and I must admit, I like it when the younger characters have some form of interaction 
and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a dynamic. We know, at least we suspect, that our Rory has got a little bit of an eye on Mia, though... Well, I think it's the other way around. I think it's both ways then. Because there was, really? there was the incident... But Mia's 13. Yeah, I know, and that's what I was about to say. There is, there is a bit of a gap between them, and, and Rory must be, what, 16? And at that age, that is, that's a very big gap. And you only want older women when you're 16. You don't want younger girls, do you? You, I mean, you there are very you, good you, reasons you, you, why you don't want... You don't know boys at all, Lucy. Good. Have you ever been a teenage girl your whole life? <laughs> but <clears throat> for a for a 16-year-old boy, i.e., sorry to put it crudely, but legal, you're not going to be going after a 13-year-old okay. girl, are you? Luce, you've completely forgotten mm. that about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, she was in the shop and he wanted to give her a lift on his bicycle home. Yeah. He likes her. He's, no, I think he's just, I think he likes, I no, think he's sorry he, for No, that's the reason why he volunteered to go around there. I, I'm not saying it's going to be the love of his life, but he's got a little bit of an eye on her, right? And I'm not no, saying... No, he said mm. it's always good to get to owe, to have people owe you favours. He said that when they were getting the barn ready for the... When he uh, says, do you want to jump on the back of my chopper? That's not what he said, <laughs> right, Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what he said, right? Anyway, there is something brewing up between the pair of them, and it's mm. nice. And for me, mm. it feels somewhat kind of innocent. And I had, I had, and I had to take a tiny half a step backwards, considering how um, I've castigated Will for being quite a crappy parent. Or at least a parent that doesn't notice what's going on with with the children mm. under his care, and he does have some level of insight, and he proved it by uh, knowing, uh, by discovering, even though it's literally all down to him that Mia is falling behind with her studies, but then doing something about it, though. You know, being no, pro- he didn't discover. He got told it at parents' evening. Whatever. It, you know, you Whatever. Didn't have, but like, you didn't have to be Hercule Poirot. You could have noticed it anyway. <laughs> and what actually happened in that scene mm. was uh, she said, he said, thank you very much, Rory. Are you, are you getting on better now, Mia? Yes, I get it now. Uh, are you hungry? I'll go and see what we've got for dinner. When what could have happened was that while she was doing the work she's supposed to be doing, he could have been cooking the sodding dinner. Listen. We know he's rubbish, right? I'm just yes. seeing. I'm just saying he could have been a little bit more rubbish. The only, the other thing that I would say is being somebody that came from um, working class roots, it done off surprise me. It's one thing which I notice and I do remark on all the time: the difference between how the working class treat education and the middle class. It's always the middle class kids that uh, their parents give them extra tuition, sit down physically with them, do their homework, mm. get them tutors, etc. My parents, and I think I mentioned this way back when on a, on a previous podcast, utterly typical of their class and of the culture that they came from. In that you go to school, school is really important, but they didn't really equip, equip me personally mm. with the other skills to supplement what I was learning at school. And they saw mm. it very much as you do your homework. My mum and dad never mm. sat down with me and said, right, what are you doing in maths today? Yeah, no. They might, they might have said, do you have some homework to do? Go do your homework and whatever. Yeah. So in that <clears> way, <throat> yeah, same. in that way, 
um, you know, Will is playing very much to type, but, yeah. but he doesn't know how to sit down and engage and stuff. But, you know, he knew that she was falling behind, et cetera, et cetera. So beat him up, yes, but like I give him a little bit of a blight there. But yes, you are right, then, you know, he wasn't he wasn't making the dinner. So um, um we've had an email from Sam. Okay, good. Who told us about uh Hazel, but uh, we've done that bit with the films. Mm-hmm. He said, while we're talking, or she, I'm not sure whether Sandy is a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about Hazel, does anybody else recall a later visit to the village when she was given her marching orders by Peggy when Jack was unwell? My recollection is that Peggy had put a stop to whatever she was trying to do by buying her off with the trade-off being she would not inherit anything when Jack died. When Jack did pass away, I was surprised when she did inherit and there was no reference to the earlier storyline. It was one of those discontinuities that iner- invariably make me snarl at the radio. For the record, I'm a Sandy, having started to listen in the 70s when the radio was on as I dried the dishes for my mother. Sandy was a bit part ne'er-do-well with whom Neil had an association that ended badly. I remember that, I think. And I do remember the stuff with uh, with Hazel because Hazel sort of arrived and started being really, really unctuous around Jack. Oh, daddy, da-da-da-da-da, and all that. Mm. And um, Peggy sort of took control of her. And said, basically, I know what you're doing, Missy, and you're not having, you know, you bugger off now and I'll pay you off and I don't want to see you again sort of thing. But then, and then, yeah, um, Sam's right. She she then did. She did in error anyway. So that's quite odd. Mm, true that. Uh, I suppose, you know, the one person that can put this whole debate to bed is our Cosmo. So, uh, you know, Cosmo's got, got a brain for this type of thing. So Cosmo, if you just want to um, completely underline... Um, what uh, Sam on the email has actually said. And then she said, yes, there was this scene where she was going to be disinherited and then she got this stuff. Uh, that'd be great. And then we'll be all be the clearer. Then we'll know there's been a screw up in continuity and the script editor needs shooting. Right now, <laughs> um, just whilst I'm on it, Lucy, right? Mm-hmm. This Jolene and can she actually yeah. sing? Right. Yeah. And we know. Yes and no is the answer. <laughs> we know that the script writers love their little funny names, don't they? So mm-hmm. we've got what? Finn Buckley. All right. Tour mm-hmm. with Finn Buckley. Finn Buckley. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what? Finn <Bin> Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I, uh, please. Number one, <clears throat> is there a country music circuit where some well, somebody can go off and tour around small pubs in the UK? I would say no. Right? I would say yes. What? Really? Well, yeah, there is, it's quite popular again now. Well, it's funny you should say that, right? But there was an article in, I don't know if it was The Guardian. I'm, I'm going to say it was The Guardian two, three days ago about American pop stars that have never made it big in Britain. And three quarters of them were country and western singers, so like Garth Brooks, and it just was a whole yeah. load of people wearing big hats and silly shirts, right? And they're like massive over here, and they tried to break the UK and stuff. Um, so we've never taken to country music on a whole, but now we've got this weird <coughs> kind of country hybrid, haven't we? I mean, people say even what, Taylor Swift, some of. No, like Taylor Swift, some of that's kind of like pop country and there's lots of like, um, oh, what's she called? I completely forgot that bloody name. Begins with M. I'm going to have to look her up now. Um, 
young female singers um, that have kind of uh, um, bridged the gap between it's not all sort of, you know, yeehaw country. It's kind of more ballady, more, um, you know, mm. all that stuff. Anyway, keep talking. There, while okay, well, okay I'll, I'll fill. Right. So, you know, Malcolm Gladwell and uh, everybody likes him. Yes. He's got a rather good podcast, Revisionist History. One of the reasons why it's so great is because though he takes on these uh, kind of thorny big topics and gets you to look at them from from another perspective, i.e. the desegregation of schools. Um, guess what one of the outcomes was of de- desegregation of schools in America? Country and Western music. No. Right. Okay. Um, it was the fact that a whole coterie, a whole class. Marin Morris, that's her name. A whole class of black <laughs> educators were thrown on the scrap heap. Never gets talked about. Right. Um, you know, what happened to all these black headmasters, headmistresses, teachers, heads, heads of department? Mm. Oh, yeah. Because actually, uh, then the, the state educational system, in inverted commas, i.e. the ex-white one, didn't want to employ them, right? But they would, they would always take on, like, one black teacher. So anyway, revisionist history is brilliant for that. It gets you to look at history from a different perspective. But then he, inter- he interrupts that with his own views and his own likes. And the dude is into country music. And I'm like, what kind of black man are you? Who, like, who likes country music? And he's <laughs> not even American and he's not Southern, right? The dude's parents, one of them was Jamaican. He was born just outside of London, grew up in Canada. He's got no business liking country music. But he likes the mournful, sad uh, uh, aspect of it in terms of in terms of the lyrics and you know the whole kind of redemption and da, 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 da. right and I found that episode fascinating. Still hate the music though. Going to say I think that y- you have to be kind of be born around it to appreciate it. And you could say that really of just about I like it, but you don't know Lucy. You tolerate it. You tolerate it. You don't like it. No, I don't. How how do you know whether I like it or tolerate it? I like it. I've never heard you talk about country music ever. Well, I don't talk about music. That's do I? not true. You talk about music no, in passing quite often, and then I remark that, huh, your musical knowledge is is quite broad, and and you like stuff. And but you but it, but I've never heard you say, oh, there's this slamming track from Garth Brooks or some twingy twangy. <laughs> no, I don't from- like that sort i'm trying to yeah the country sort of country music is not the type that you like as i said (laughs) you don't like it so let's move on from that but but my fundamental point was is there a country music you and you've answered this but i'm going to question it and maybe i'm really throwing this out to the listeners is there really a country a small country music circuit in the uk which is big enough to support somebody going on tour who is not a professional musician i would call kind of bullshit if this was in london i would yeah. maybe go okay and if you know when 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 um uh kenton's going on about oh there's there's roadies and um you know <clears throat> proper hotels and all that stuff i don't believe no. that there's not enough money no, in it for isn't. that there isn't not not at all not at all there, and that's what there, i'm talking there. about Somebody yeah. to it would it would be getting changed in the pub loo 
um, you know, people trying to watch the football over your head while you're singing, all that stuff. Exactly. And let's yeah. say um, you've got two places to do in Birmingham on a Friday night, right? You're going to drive from Ambridge to Birmingham, do them and drive back. Yeah. There yeah. is no tour. Yeah. It's just too small a scene, which is my point. And then you had to throw in all this Malcolm Gladwell stuff and you actually quite like Garth books, you know, trying to like confuse the issue Freeman. Stop it. Keep on script. It's too small. It's nonsense. And the other thing which was nonsense from last week, and I say this somewhat advisably because it was our Uncle God Kerry which wrote this, there is no way that Alistair would not have been aware of Jacob. Both of them are no. equine vets. Felpersham yeah. is how far from Ambridge? 15 miles, 10 yeah. miles and whatever. Yeah. You're going to have known him by reputation, if not actually have bumped into him once or twice. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Uncle God Kerry, love you dearly, love your moustache, love your work. You slipped up slightly there, sir. Anyway, now, um, <laughs> emails and shall we go on to advertisements? I'm in your yes. hands. All right. So it's advertisement breaks. So if you live in the United Kingdom, possibly the United States or another territory of the world where ACAR sees fit to put adverts in, you'll get an advert right now. If not, it'll be straight to the Opals. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup. And you have to forgive me sounding a little bit bunged up because I've got yet another cold. Two in quick succession. What a lucky boy I am. Anyway, enough <laughs> of my sniffing and coughing. Um, let's get on with the roundup. So we asked this week, uh, did you find Ben and Freddie's honesty refreshing? Um, Marion Fenton said, I thought Ben was great and Ruth was so wrong in trying to talk him round. And talking of Ruth, Heather A. Fossey said, 
I think I'm old enough to remember Ruth standing up to the Archer clan to ensure that Pip wasn't christened back in the day. Um, do you know what, Heather? I do vaguely remember that as well. So uh, I don't know. We'll probably have to get Cosmo or someone to, to fact-check that for us. But I definitely have a memory of that. Alison Hyde-Mark said, Thank goodness for Ben. But it wasn't all good news for, for Ben and Freddie. Um... Drew Hamilton said, I thought Ben was a right git, as I believe you Brits say. Yes, we do say, <laughs> Drew. That is that is the phrase that we say. Um, Gillian Corrigan said, Ben had the right to refuse the invite, but not to be so, so rude about it. Um, yeah, I think that's probably good. Yeah, that's, you know, I think, was he rude? I think he was more assertive. Rude. But I don't know. But other people disagreed and didn't like Ben. Um, Alex Russell quite bluntly said, Honestly, I just resent wasting precious listening minutes on the precocious little twats. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Drew, that's the other (laughs) phrase we use. And Jed Robinson said, Nah, both are annoying little shits who need a crack. No, Freddy, not that kind of crack. (laughs) But it wasn't Ben who was uh, being honest this week. Jim... Oh, my Lord, the conversation between Jim and Shula um, was rather marvellous, wasn't it? But we asked, was he justified in what he said or was he talking out of turn? Fiona Griffin said, it was brilliant. It really brightened up my day. Shula is totally deluded. Why would Jim, why should Jim be all pally and supportive of her? I would just told her to F off, but I have far less class than Jim. Go, Jim. Oh, Fiona, I'm sure you've got class. Becky Land said, it's elicited a guffaw from me. Shula is insufferable and self-centred, which was beautifully illustrated tonight. I cheered for Jim. Hear, hear. Rachel Kennedy said, Jim was brilliant as the voice of the nation. And then Shula had had the cheek to run to Alistair to try and assuage her guilt, honestly. Yeah, I thought that was a bit cheeky of her really go to your ex-husband to for the sympathy but then again i think there's something developing about this divorce is not really working out for shula in terms of kind of moving on and whatever you know you sense that she's she's kind of lonely at the moment mm-hmm. however not everyone agreed that jim was in the right uh janice betson said jim was unnecessarily rude but typical of an elitist atheist um yeah i think i think Jim is a little bit elitist. Probably, I don't know, a good way maybe? I don't know. Um, He's the prof, isn't he? He's the prof. But anyway. Matthew Joseph Burt did make a point um, where he said, I'm so glad um, he said it. She's just so oblivious to her her sheer hypocrisy. As a Christian, it really riles me how little thought she appeared to give her marriage vows and how easily she justified it. Um, Of course, I will forgive her, though. Um, grumble, grumble, rah, 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 says Matthew. Yes, turn the other cheek, Matthew. Um, that's what I think needs to happen here. Now, it wouldn't be a Yokel Bear week on the Facebook page without me presenting you with a series of indicative votes. Yay. As you know, we do love a people's poll. <laughs> so this week, we placed this um, indicative vote um, out to the Parliament of Dumpty Dummers. Do we think that Russ and Elizabeth will end up having an affair? Well, the votes are in, and um, it's a clear majority, which is unusual for indicative votes in Britain at the moment. It's a little political joke (laughs) there. 
Whilst 33% said, no, it isn't going to happen, no sex, please, we're British, um, 67% of you thought they're going to be at it like rabbits. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, it's going to be messy if that happens, isn't it? Not messy, mm. I mean, messy as in the relationships, not messy as... Anyway, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. And we met Jacob this week, um, who was kind of interesting, um, kind of a bit... Dull, kind of interesting and dull. Can somebody be interesting and dull? Anyway, now we did have a bit of a discussion on the Facebook page about, you know, whether um, Jacob would be, is possibly on the autism spectrum and stuff like that. But I'm not going to go into those comments because we also had earlier in the week a post about we know virtually nothing about Jacob. So post your wildly unsubstantiated speculations and predictions about him. And as usual, you all rose to the challenge. Nick Meredith actually um, raised an an issue of concern about Jacob. He doesn't eat cakes. How will that go down in Ambridge? I'll tell you what, Nick, if he's not in a wicker man by May Day, Ambridge is not doing its job. Joanne Smith said um, uh, she feels that he's going to start a passionate affair with Shula. Remember, you heard it here first. Yep, if that happens, Mm. Joanne, you're going to get the credit. Amy Sturley said he's reticent because on a visit to Ambridge some years ago, he got drunk and made off with some uh, bunting on a dare. Now he's too afraid to make connections with anyone in case they learn his horrible secret. Yes, he's the bunting thief. That one's a definite. Leslie Hughes says Robert had plastic surgery and is planning to kill all the Ambridge animals in revenge. Oh my God, like like the vet on the League of Gentlemen. Oh God. (laughs) Linda Snell posted... I don't know, but the piercings uh, studied... I'll start that one again, shall I? Linda Snell, is it the real (laughs) Linda Snell? Said, I don't know, but the piercings studied leather knee boots and noir to death face tattoo might be a giveaway. Whereas (laughs) Lynn um, Soyan Fletcher said, he's in a witness protection scheme. Sorry, I meant he's a witless rejection tween. (laughs) I did like that one. Sue Smith said he suffers from panto-equinophobia. Um, guess the fear of being in the pantomime horse come Christmas. And Paul Dishman, you get Reply of the Week, who replied to that from Sue with, Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> we all love a good panto <laughs> call. But we also speculated <coughs> as well. Um, Charlotte Eyre posted something saying, Is anyone think that Jacob is going to be Shula's new love interest? Dave Campbell said, mm-hmm. Sullen inexpressive, self-righteous, and apparently painfully dull. He's the full package for Shula. Which probably (laughs) has to be my Facebook comment of the week. Anyway, I'm going to take my bunged-up nose and my sore throat away now and go and get myself better. So, um, next week you'll have the lovely Millie Bell, and that's the social media roundup for the week. Bye! So, Tara, mate, uh, thank you for a, a wonderful roundup as always. And we're going to see him in Brum. So, there will be a yokel, yokel bear on stage. And I presume that he's going to do um, his social media roundup live because that's what he did last time, didn't and he? And I think Robert is coming too, but we don't know what he's doing yet. Yes. Uh, Robert will be doing Robert. something. And uh, so, yes. Um, a dance, expressive dance. That'll be really good on a podcast, dance. Lucy. Yeah. <clears throat> but the audience would like it. Not sure Robert would, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mirror headlines, please. Um, 
Tanya Bardsley banned from Ladies' Day Style Award for entering a horse. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. It's Ascot. Mm -hmm. Tanya Bardsley banned from Ladies' Day Style Award for entering a horse. (laughs) Well done. <laughs> well done. To I love how I'm taking the credit for these. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you you've been create curating them, Lucy. You know, you you're bringing them to a wider audience. Actually, is our audience wider than the mirror circulation? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is actually. <laughs> right. Um, you got a proper bad chest, so I think we're luckily for you, we're on the home straight. So why don't you hit us with some tweets? I'll wrap it up and then uh, you can go get vixed up or whatever you got to do. Okay. Uh, Dr. Sally-Ann Huxtable, £10 say Jacob is gluten-free. <laughs> of course he is. Um, Ruth Arian, Ricardo't. Uh, Marmaduke said, before the Montbelliards came, it was all there. No trouble. They carve easily. Now they're here. It's a very different histoire. Very good. Ambridge Pony Club. Hung like a donkey and all set for Adam is my plot prediction. <laughs> I presume she means Jacob. And <coughs> tweet of the week. <coughs> ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm braced. Ryan Tring, mm-hmm. who is my friend, who only occasionally listens to the Archers. But anyway, Ryan Tring, talking about the christening. Mm-hmm. Rosie, Grace, Grace, Grace. Phil loved her more. <laughs> ITV starts tonight. Shall we watch that instead? Grace, Grace, Archer. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good, sir. Well done. Um, dumdydum.com, folks. Uh, go there. It's got a shop. But more importantly than uh, just going going to the shop and dumdydum.com. No, it's very important to go to the shop because you help to support the whole podcast and keep, keep the whole kit and caboodle on the show. And actually, Lucy, um, somebody bought one of our super long in the body cheese yesterday. I'm trying I'm trying to think okay. who it was. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got those. And I must admit, I'm a real fan of the old... Uh, t-shirt that goes way past your waist go goes like another two inches longer yeah because if you've got a little bit yeah. of a tum as i've started to develop one in yeah. the last couple of years it's yeah. slimming it's quite slimming on the old figure yeah but you have to be careful that they don't do that tent thing that that happens to jeremy clarkson <laughs> talking about jeremy clarkson who's been having naughty yeah. dreams about him lucy i know it happens every time i watch <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's really awful but last night it was both of them <laughs> <laughs> So, does he go like a, a V6, a V8? Well, I think his big end's gone, to be honest. <laughs> so, whenever you watch, uh, was it Grand Tour? The Grand Tour. Yeah, you have a I, dream I end about... up having an erotic dream about one of them. Last night, it was two of them. Oh, gosh. They, they double teamed. No, no, no. Not both at the same time. Oh. I don't want to talk about this, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> my god <coughs> we've gone into great detail about my chest mm-hmm. and now we're talking about me erotic <coughs> dreams <coughs> right awesome <laughs> anyway as i was saying those long t-shirts are quite slimming right and mm-hmm. and i think they're a little bit fashionable i know it's a little bit 2016 but i still i don't know i kind of quite like anyway we have them in stock gentlemen ladies and uh we sold our very first one uh yesterday it it came in a very fetching kind of like uh 
grey with the legend Dum de Dum emboldened in white on the chest, a little bit long. It's called a dipped tee. Anyway, so we've got all manner of fashionable things on our store. So you should go there. Goodness, I'm getting American. I have not got one item of Dumpty Dum clothing. I really ought to get one, shouldn't I? Well, I tried to voice some on your family, didn't I? Because you said uh, your little lad was going to is going to come up to Dumpty Dum Live. I said I'll, I'll get send him a Dumpty Dum T-shirt. Oh, but he's too shy to wear it. But who wouldn't wa- who wouldn't want to wear a T-shirt that says Lucy B Freeman is my mum? To be honest, Rayfield, I think I embarrass him enough <laughs> simply by being his mother. He really, really doesn't need anything further to point that out. I love my mum, but and I would love you to be my mum. I think you must be an awesome mother, and I say that with all seriousness. <laughs> all right, the love and affection that you have for your family is writ large on this podcast and also when you post on the Twitters. So he's very lucky to have you as a mum. So there you go. Now, uh, go on to dumdydum.com, folks. And go, if you're going to go on, go on for just what, this one reason alone. Book your tickets for Dumpty Dum Live, which is Saturday, the 11th of May at 7.30 p.m. in Brum. Now, I did say last week that if I got 10 people basically saying, mush, sort out hotel rooms, I'd sort them out. Now, I've had about four emails, so four in a week with people saying, what's the situation with hotels? I think I should just do it considering we're, what, some five weeks away from from the live show. So I'm going to try and sort out uh, 10 rooms, have them reserved somewhere it's nice and close to the town hall because we're all going to be in and around Brindley Place. I presume that after we record, we'll have a little bit of a drink, et cetera, et cetera. So um don't let the fact that you've got nowhere to kip uh put you off buying a ticket go buy these tickets they're going like cupcakes right and you don't want to be left out you don't want to be the you know the dumpty dummers like oh i should have really gone to that blah 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 go on to dumdydum.com uh you'll see dumpty dum live on the home page we have an emerald and possibly Another actor on the archers uh, will be on the stage with Lucy and I, and with Robert and with Yokel Bear. So just like get it sorted. I'm on the shop and I can't. I'm on the shop and I can't see a dip. Whatever it was you said. Okay, all right. Um, let me help you out, Freeman. Admittedly, it Did is. Did you say it was dip or deep? Uh, you know, I call it dipped, but it's probably deep. You know me and spelling. Uh, right, I'm just going to Shopify. <laughs> all right, bear with me. Because I actually thought there's two T-shirts which I actually thought would have sold more than they actually have. And it's that one. Actually, let me just go to dumdydum.com. I might, I'll end up editing half of this out one minute. <gasps> there's pants. Do you mean proper underwear pants? Mm. All right. All right. I'm in men view all. There it is. Oh, aren't there women's ones? It is dipped. It, it's the same. It's the same, Lucy. Oh, okay. But there oh, it I'll is. I'll get one then. But yeah. I want a V-neck. Uh, all right. Well, then I'll have to make a V-neck. So. Oh, no, it's all right. I'll just buy the one, except it's grey and I don't like grey and I want white. No, I think there's other colours. If you click on it, oh, there's only two. Oh, no, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
But I thought we'd have sold more of these, to be honest with you. Mm. And that and the T-shirt, um, if you're looking at the men's, the Dum Dum Grass Verge T-shirt with the Dum Dum's right at the bottom. Oh, yeah. I really like that. I thought we'd have sold more of those as well. But anyway, um, bought those bloody tickets, folks, uh, because, you know, yes, it's going to be lots up. of fun. And then uh, you'll be able to carouse and socialise and partake and by breaking breaking bread breaking bread breaking bread with other dumpty dummers and i'll put my teeth in all right so um another way of which you can support us is by going on to patreon.com and uh, sign up for two dollars per show uh, and that's just a, another way of supporting the the podcast because then you get extra special content with either lucy and i interview somebody who's in and around the world of ambridge and the archers and so only special people get that content it's people that go to patreon.com and give us two dollars per show um also you can support us by writing a review on apple podcast formerly known as itunes it's a great way of exposing the website sorry exposing the podcast to new listeners so go on there write a review think we're awesome writes an awesome review think we're shitty writes a shitty review just write the review just be honest <laughs> you know vent your spleen if needs be or just bathe us in a warm glow of sunlight and sunshine if you think we deserve that too especially Don't our bathe us in your spleen though that sounds horrible well mm, it does um remember to get in contact you can send us a message via um Send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. We can call us on 020-3031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message. On Twitter, you can find Yokel Bear masquerading as Dum Dum. You can also find Yokel Bear at Yokel Bear. Lucy's at Lucy B. Freeman. I'm just saying this for everybody. And I can be found at Roy Thorpe as well. R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. On Facebook, you can join in with Millie Bell, Witherspoon, and Yokel Bear's goings on by simply typing in Dum Dum. <laughs> Lucy's got a bad cough. So that's me signing out. Uh, Lucy. Yes, sorry about the coughing chat. If you've got any remedies for a middle-aged woman who's chest in more Steady. ways than one, right, why don't you send them Chesty in? Chesty Morgan, that's me. Why yes. don't you send them in via SpeakPipe or email uh, to Dumpty Dum and I'll make sure that Lucy gets it and uh, gets all the help that she needs to get over her chesty, chesty business. That's me done. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening in to another corking, rip-roaring episode of Dumpty Dum. This is me, Royfield Brown, signing off. Uh, Lucy, would you like to sign off? Can you sign off? Do you have a voice left? I can. Uh, goodbye, everybody. And sorry if I blasted your eardrums off with the occasional spluttering. And I'm just going to leave you with this note. I love Shula Hebden Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you little maverick, you. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.